Welcome to Talk for 12, a podcast hosted by the women at Orange Evangelical Church. These 12-minute episodes teach from God's Word and encourage and equip women in their daily walk with Jesus. Hi, I'm Mel, and you've made a great choice to join me for part three of our Talk for 12 series on gospel-shaped decision-making. Have you been encouraged or challenged by the women we've heard in our first two episodes? In episode one, Karina gave us a biblical overview of making decisions shaped by the gospel, making sure we lean not on our own understanding, but focusing on God's purposes and plans. For her, one outworking is that it meant not pursuing further academic study. For Monica, in episode two, Her identity in Christ has led to her being strategic about how she uses her time and gifts. Today I have with me Sarah, who has been and is preparing again to go to the Middle East to serve God. Welcome, Sarah. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Fantastic. Sarah, like we heard from Monica, what was Mm -hmm. your family background? How did you observe decisions being made? Well, I guess in some ways, some of the decisions my parents made were quite radical. About a year before I was born, my parents packed up their small family and moved to a gospel poor location in Asia. And I guess that was a pretty radical decision. But I'm thankful for the example. They chose to do that because they thought that it was important to be obedient to God And so they made decisions that weren't always the easiest or the safest or the most comfortable. Hmm. So you grew up seeing really a direct correlation between having a gospel-shaped life and making decisions that reflect that. Hmm. So then what led you to go serve in the Middle East? Well, I guess I always grew up going to churches that taught really clearly from the Bible that the gospel is good news for people from every nation and that God wants disciples of Jesus to go and make other disciples of Jesus. And the gospel doesn't stop with us. So I'm really thankful for that solid Bible teaching. I guess I also had the privilege of having lots of exposure to very normal people who were doing cross-cultural gospel ministry, my parents, but other people as well. And I also had exposure to the fact that there are lots of places in the world where people have quite limited access to the gospel. So I feel like God used all of those things to grow my heart for cross-cultural ministry. And as I was talking about the possibility of going and serving long-term overseas, I included wise people in that decision-making process and I prayed about it and I asked other people to pray about it too. So that's sort of the process. It feels really like a normal sort of decision-making process. There weren't any dramatic vision. Yeah, it was involving other people, looking at God's word and looking at the experiences that God had given me. And at that time, you were a single woman. So a lot of women listening today might think that would just be the hardest thing ever to go to the Middle East as a single woman. You had to learn Arabic, embed yourself in a very different culture. So in your seven years in the Middle East, did you ever have to remind yourself of why you made that decision to go? 
Yeah, I mean, life in the Middle East is pretty hard. I mean, it wasn't like going on a holiday when you're living long term in another culture. There's some stuff that's pretty hard. I remember sitting in my apartment and they were burning rubbish right around my apartment and the waft of burning rubbish would float in and give me migraines and ministry sometimes was slow and hard and it was very hot during summer. There were things about life there that were hard and I think... For me, sometimes when I lose perspective, I question decisions that I've made. So uh, there's a parable that I really like in Luke 16, the parable of the shrewd manager. And Jesus tells his disciples this story of this manager who's about to lose his job. And so he makes some really shrewd decisions so that when he loses his job, his future is secured. And at the end of that parable, Jesus tells us that we're supposed to use worldly wealth to gain friends for ourselves so that when it's gone, we'll be welcomed into eternal dwellings. And I think that that parable is all about having the right perspective on life, that we're supposed to live now and use our resources and opportunities and training and skills with this perspective on the fact that Jesus is going to come back and then there's a long eternity after that and we're supposed to be using our resources now to see other people in eternity with us. And so when I lose perspective, I can get caught up in thinking about some of these decisions I'm making are hard and I can be motivated to make decisions about my own comfort or what's easiest for me. So sometimes I think it's easy to lose perspective, isn't it? And yeah, I I found that in my experience. Yeah, so you really draw it back to the reason that you live your life, your basic principles really, and a really simple story, one of those stories from the Bible that you really kind of draw upon. That's fantastic. Sarah, your life has changed quite a lot since then. You've had another couple of really huge life-changing decisions that have happened in recent years with marriage and family. Talk us through what's been going on for you. Well, about six years ago now, I met my husband Warwick at church here in Orange. And I went back to the Middle East shortly after meeting him, but we ended up getting married a year later. And I moved back to Australia. We had a son two years ago. And now as a family, we're heading to the Middle East to serve together. Sarah, now that you're looking to head back to the Middle East, what have been some of the decisions you've had to make that are gospel-shaped but also have a really practical component for you, your husband and your young son. It is quite a different scenario going to the Middle East, particularly with a young child. I think when I went previously, I took a number of risks that I didn't even really think about, things like catching all sorts of different public transport without seat belts, let alone car seats, just entrusting myself to medical systems that I didn't really understand. And now going back with a son, it's really tempting to feel fearful about doing that. I have a big imagination and I can imagine a hundred different scenarios where very difficult things could happen. But at the moment, we're really trying to have what we know is true to guide our decision-making, not our feelings. So we know that God is loving and we know that he's in control and we've really seen clearly that he's leading us to take this step so we can trust him in that, even if that doesn't necessarily mean it will be easy or even safe for our family. We're trying to choose to make decisions that are shaped by our theology, not 
our feelings and head off somewhere where we don't quite know what God will do in the future. Sarah, do you think there's any difference between gospel-shaped decision-making as a woman serving in the Middle East and a woman perhaps juggling the work-life balance in Orange in regional Australia? I don't really. Maybe some of the decisions that we make might look different, but I think for all of us, we want the Bible to be at the centre of our decision-making. We want to be prayerful in our decision-making. We want to include other wise people in our decision-making, and we want our decisions to be shaped by truth and not feelings because feelings aren't a reliable guide. So yeah, in many ways, I guess the process of decision making is very similar no matter where you're serving God. Thanks, Sarah. It's been fascinating to see the enmeshing of your choices and desires to serve God and how he's used those gospel-shaped decisions to lead you in the Middle East. That wraps up our series of three episodes of Talk for Twelve, I've loved meeting these women, and I hope you have too, and learning more of how they choose to put the decisions of life into God's hands rather than in their own strength or understanding. Next time on Talk for 12, we're celebrating our second birthday. Can you believe it? The Talk for 12 team and women from past podcast series will reflect on what we've learned and how we've grown through sharing this podcast. Bye for now. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Talk for 12. For the show notes and resources of this episode, or to email us, visit the podcast website at oechurch.org.au forward slash talk for 12. That's the number 12 in numerals one, two. Thanks for listening. We hope you join us next time.